uh, so I, I'm batching it this week. Although I am, uh, I'm headed to Anchorage this week for our uh, winter presbytery meeting uh, for uh, the Alaska Assemblies of God. And so um, we'll, uh, we'll just depend. Now, Pastor Joshua and Cheyenne, now they're out on vacation this week. So it's going to be just Pastor Scott here. So uh, if you want to make him feel needed and, and you know, necessary, cause some sort of crisis, okay? And give him a call. And uh, it'll, it'll just really help him. So <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Well, I, uh, I want to move uh, again on this, uh, speak again on this topic of offense. We've been talking about offense and, uh, you know, um, we just cannot uh, live in this world without being offended. And, uh, the other issue with that is not only us being offended, but sometimes we are the offender and sometimes it's inadvertent. We don't mean to, uh, sometimes it is a, you know, a fleshly response out of our own spirit and our own heart. And, uh, and so today I want to take one aspect of that and how we can minimize, uh, our, tendency to offend at times and uh, take a focus uh, take a look at the words that that we use because i think so often our offense towards others is verbal and how we use our words towards each other i i am kind of keen off of the last part of psalm 19 but it's, psalm 19 is just one of my favorite psalms so beautiful it starts out you know the heavens declare the glory of god and it talks about how the the things that are created uh declare god's sovereignty and god's power and god's creativeness and majesty and 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 then it moves into the section where i'm going to begin today starting at verse 7 so if you have your bible you can open to psalm 19 and verse 7 and i'm going to read through uh verse 14 um, which uh, verse 14 is the kind of the crux of what I have to say here. But I think that all of this is great supporting material uh, along with, you know, what we've been talking about in recent weeks. Uh, I've, I've just taken the opportunity to, again, encourage you to read your Bible, okay? Read the Word of God. And uh, this Psalm 19, the reason why I'm starting earlier and uh, in, the, in the passage Verse 7 is because it speaks about the law of the Lord. And what is the law of the Lord? It's the word of God. And how it affects us, okay? It makes us wise. It makes us understanding. It gives us uh, the ability to navigate the, the world in which we live. So uh, Psalm 19, verse 7, uh, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them 
your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great rewards, great promises there for us. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant from also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. Love this prayer. Closes out with, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What a beautiful prayer that is that it closes out with. It, I wonder if you could continue to project verse 14 there. If you would just help me read it out loud together, okay? Um, let's, let's go on three. One, two, three. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What a beautiful prayer for us. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable to you. Uh, you know, on the subject of offense, I, as I said prior to reading our passage here, that I believe the majority of offense is done with the words that we choose to use. And sometimes it's as much the tone of the words that we use uh, as it is the words themselves, but it is with our words that we have the opportunity to build a bridge or burn one. And I believe that building bridges is better than burning bridges. And, you know, sometimes in the heat of a moment of offense where maybe we are offended and we want to retaliate, we just kind of flick that, that match uh, <laughs> out, of, out of our mouth with the words that we use, and it sets a bridge on fire and it burns it down, and, and the offense is made double. And, uh, and so our words are often our, our first impression. You know, when you hear somebody speak and the words that they use, it tells you immediately something about that person. And, uh, you know, they are our introduction to other people many times. And, and they, the way that we use our words reveal who we are on the inside, our heart and our thoughts. It's like, like this prayer out of Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, the things that I think about, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So Jesus um, had this to say to his disciples, to us, uh, out of Matthew chapter 15 and verses 18 and 19. Jesus said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Because there was this, this uh, argument going on about, you know, eating grain on the Sabbath day and, and uh, you know, that the disciples, as they were hungry, they were eating the, the heads of grain. And, and uh, you know, the Pharisees had an exception with that. And they said that, you know, you didn't wash your hands and uh, you shouldn't be eating, you know, harvesting on the Sabbath day. And, and uh, you know, and Jesus said, those aren't the things that defile you. It doesn't defile the inside of you to, uh, and, you know, obviously we should wash our hands. We know that's a good hygiene thing. 
But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about that ceremonial cleansing of their hands. He says, that's not what defiles you on the inside. It's not what goes in your mouth. It's what comes out of your mouth is what defiles you. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Hmm. And, uh, and that's where all that originates. And, and when that comes out of our mouth, uh, that's where we are defiled. One thing that we have to address always is, you know, it, when we are one way in public and another way in private. So when we're out there and we act and speak one way, but at home, you know, we act and speak another way, it will be revealed in our words. We cannot keep it uh, all uh, hidden uh, because what, what is in is what will come out. And I tell you, it's in those pressure situations, you know. Um, if you have a, a jelly donut uh, and you, you don't know what kind of jelly's in it, what, what, do you, what could you do to find out? Well, you could, you could put pressure on that jelly donut. And what's going to happen when you put pressure on that jelly donut? What's inside is going to go outside, right? And you'll find out what that is. And, and that's what happens to us, is that we have all of this in us, and, and when pressure happens is what, what's inside comes out. And, uh, and so we have to understand good things should be inside. The things that we, we read there in Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, is to fill our hearts and our lives with with uh, good things, because then when the pressure happens, it reveals what's going on inside of our own heart. Um, it does not fool God. Uh, we cannot buy him off with our words of praise to him and then destroy others with the same mouth that we praise him with. You know, those things don't offset. Um, Jesus had a lot to say about that. We'll read that in, in just a moment. But James chapter 3 talks about this dynamic about the tongue and, and not so much uh, the physical organ in our mouth, but uh, what the tongue helps us do is that in, to speak words. And uh, James chapter 3, verses 6 through 10 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Well, that's a, that's a pretty stern words, wouldn't you say? For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not so to be. Okay, so James takes us to task there about what comes out of our mouth. And uh, he is uh, instructing us here that, that uh, you know, when we use our 
words, when we use our tongue for evil purposes, to tear down, to kill, to destroy others, that, uh, and then, you know, we come to church or in our home or somewhere else, you know, we praise God and we curse men, um, is it these things ought not to be so. And so we, uh, we need to take instruction of this. You know, duplicity, that's, that's what we're talking about, being one way in public and another way in private. Duplicity is a sin that God cannot accept. He rejects duplicity. And sometimes, you know, we think that there's this sort of offsetting values. You know, if we praise God, you know, for 10 minutes and, and then we, you know, use our mouth in a, in, a, in a negative way, that somehow those offset. But that's not the way it works with God. Um, Jesus called such people out, Matthew 15, 8. He said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus is concerned with what's in our heart because that's where the origin of all of our words and all of our thoughts um, begin. And so we must be authentic believers, authentic Christians, one way in public and the same way in private is that we don't switch identities. We don't switch who we are. We are called to live out of the tree of life in private and in public. And, and uh, you know, that's, a, that's just a tall order, isn't it? Living out of the tree of life, you know? It's easy to live out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because that's, that's our first nature. And uh, we, you know, intend what we say to or do to be good, but it, but it becomes evil in its effect. And uh, Jesus always found a way to find life in what he did and uh, in, in the way he addressed others. And, uh, and he didn't come to condemn them to hopelessness, but to redeem them and to make sure that life uh, was the result. So I think we, uh, and I've said it many times uh, in recent uh, past, is that we live, we live in a day of offense. We live in an age of offense. And everybody's offended about everybody. And, uh, you know, we just, like, times see evidence, you know, that people are waited with bated breath for somebody to say it wrong, to do it wrong, to step out of line in some way. Uh, to show hypocrisy, and, and boy, we're right there to, to catch it and be offended. Um, and, and this has been foretold, and I think we see an increase of the intensity of such things. Uh, Jude wrote uh, in his single chapter, um, just before the book of the Revelation, Jude 18, he says, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. This is Jude's admonishment, not only to uh, those he was writing to, but to us as well, is that we just live in this age of mockers and who are just guided by their own ungodly lusts. And we, we read 
quite a terrible list of things that, that uh, operate out of our heart, and, and that's what Jude is, is speaking to here. And, and uh, the upshot of all this, verse 19, these are sensual persons who cause divisions. You know, people who cause divisions, you know, we are to be wise how we operate around people who cause divisions. And how do we cause divisions? Well, I, I think most of that happens with the words that we use. And, uh, you know, in a, in a marriage, you know, words cause divisions, you know, and in friendships, words cause divisions. In a church, words cause divisions, separating us. And, and, uh, and it's not done by the Spirit of God. So how do, we, how do we defend ourselves against such influence and such things? Is that we pray in the Holy Spirit. Is that we build up our most holy faith praying in the holy spirit and uh and and that guards us from absorbing you know what the world has such an abundance of uh it seems uh, at times proverbs uh, eighteen twenty one. this is a, i think a really powerful thought you know when we talk about spiritual warfare so much of spiritual warfare is done with words and uh when words are spoken as curses and and I'm not saying, you know, I, you, you have to say the word curse in order for you to curse. You know, here's, here's a word curse, okay? You're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly. Those are, those are word curses. And, and that's spiritual warfare when that's done. Sometimes we say those things or those things have been said to us and uh, we don't really recognize it as spiritual warfare, but that's exactly what that is. And, and when word curses are spoken, uh, they become strongholds, Okay. Yeah, that verse uh, of scripture uh, that says, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical weapons, but uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but um, uh, are, uh, I've lost my train of thought here, sorry, um, but uh, are powerful to pull down strongholds. Ask yourself what a stronghold is. A stronghold is something in your mind. It's been a word curse that has been spoken to you. Um, you know, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're not wanted, all of those things uh, that somehow we believe, we took it in. We've been operating on that uh, word curse and it has created a stronghold. So, it, you know, this is how it, it works out. You know, so we have an opportunity uh, that, that God has opened up to us and we lack confidence to step into that opportunity because well i'm dumb or i'm you know i'm ugly or i'm you know whatever i'm not wanted and it causes us to lose opportunities because of the way that we're thinking inside of our that's that's the nature of spiritual warfare here is proverbs eighteen twenty one. it says death and life are in the power of the tongue Okay, I, I hope that gives us some understanding. We have the ability to speak death or we have the ability to speak life. And, uh, you know, if we, again, refer to the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when we speak out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we speak death. When we speak out of the tree of life, the result is life. It's, it's the pulling down of strongholds. When we speak life uh, into those word curses, how we use our words uh, concerning others is paramount. How 
uh, to how we navigate the effects of the spiritual realm. And when we're offended and take it captive to do the will of the devil, now, if you're taking notes, just jot down 2 Timothy 2.26, okay? 2 Timothy 2.26, it speaks to this very thing, is that when we participate in offense, we are taken captive by the devil to do his will. And, and often that's how we use our words. Word curses, as I said, become strongholds in other people's life. I was just listening to the radio. I was working in the garage. I had the radio on. Secular uh, program wasn't a Christian program per se. Um, and the, uh, the host of the radio program had invited a guest. And he had experienced a lot of uh, success in his field. He was a sports announcer for ESPN and uh, very well regarded and uh, had a, has had a, a long and successful career in doing that. But it's, he had recently written a book and the host and the, and the guest were talking about his book. And in the book, he talks about um, how he was held back uh, in school and held back. He, he had repeat a couple of different grades and uh, uh, and it was all because of one day he was sitting on his back porch and his father and his mother were talking about him. They didn't know he was on the back porch. The, win the kitchen window was open. The back uh, porch door, he said, was closed. So they had no idea I was there. And I was listening to what they were saying. And his father told his mother is, we just have to accept that this person, uh, call him by name, is stupid, as that he will always be a failure. This is his father speaking to his mother, okay? And he is listening to this conversation where his own father has, has given up on him and speaking uh, word curses over him, is that he is stupid, he's doomed to failure all of his life. We cannot expect anything different out of him. And he heard this, and, and it affected so many of his choices and performance in life until someone took a special interest in him. It was a teacher at his school and began to speak life over him and began to, began to see into his ability and encouraged it and pretty soon he was writing and then he was speaking and then he found work in radio and and uh, his his uh, his uh, career progressed and now very very successful if you watch espn sports you'll see this individual and uh and but he had to overcome that stronghold in his mind that was spoken over him and uh, had lodged in his mind became that stronghold until words of life uh, were spoken into him and uh, and so the damage of and lifelong hurt can wreck and destroy someone by the words of our mouth and especially significant and influential people in our lives uh, in that case it was a father who spoke the word curses it could be a mother it could be a teacher it could be somebody in authority uh, over us. It could be a boss. It could be all kinds of people that their influence matters to us. And when a, w a word curse is spoken, we can accept that and turn it into a stronghold and it will, 
it will hurt us. And we as Christians and believers cannot be the source of word curses. Okay? How do we do that? Well, it, it's a transformation of our heart. We have to, uh, as the opening verses of Psalm 19, is to be in the, in the word of God, to allow that to affect our thinking, to our word choices, to affect what is, what is resident in our own hearts so that what comes out is always uh, life-giving. So here's something else I think we can do. And if you are taking notes, here's a, here's a grid that we can use about our words. And, uh, you know, that we could reflect upon before we open our mouths and use our words uh, for death, okay? So number one, when we talk to others, we have to ask ourselves, this is the number one question, number one examination for ourselves, is this true what i am going to say okay is it the truth is it the truth sometimes people say things that are not true have you ever in your life experienced that <laughs> sometimes they say things that are not true about you sometimes we say things that are not true about others and we should not be speaking things that are not true. And you say, well, I don't know if it's true. Then shut up. Excuse me, did I just offend you? <laughs> Truth. Have you verified with the person in question? Oh, I heard this about so-and-so. It's like, wait a minute, before you, before you let that out of your mouth, have you verified that? Is this true? Okay. So that's, that's one part of the grid. There, it's a three-part grid. Uh, if it's not true, drop it. Don't say it. Don't repeat it. Don't let that word curse come out of your mouth. Okay? So is it true? Is, is what you're going to say the truth? Number two, is it kind? All right? Is what you have to say kind? about the person you're talking about or the person you're talking to. Do you, uh, do you often feel an inner voice telling you not to share what you're about to share? <laughs> you ever had a check in your spirit that said, you know, you ought to just maybe not say that. Uh, I think uh, the application of the day is texting, right? Or posting on social media. You ever had a check in your spirit not to hit send? You know, pay attention to that. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit saying, uh-uh, don't do that. And how many, as James refers to it, how many fires are, are set of hell because we hit send when we weren't paying attention to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit saying, don't do it. So is it kind? Is it true? Is it kind? Are your emotions in check? Are you speaking out of anger? Are you speaking out of a stirred up state? I think that's really, really important. So many unkind things are spoken. Uh, even if they're true, say, well, it's true. It is true. I verified it. But if you say it in an unkind way, you do as much damage. You know that the, the truth spoken in an unkind way can do as much damage as a lie? It's the truth. It's the truth. 
So, is it true? Is it kind? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. And then the third part of the grid is this, utility, is knowing what you have to say useful or a burden to someone else. Do they have to know what you have to say, even if it's true? Are you just kind of putting something in their lap that is going to be a burden to them? I think it's important that we, that we leave off of repeating things that are not useful or helpful. Can we justify before the Lord that this needs to be shared? So we want to invite all of you today to participate in the Lord's Supper. Pastor Scott and I are going to be here at the front. And in just uh, to make it easy, we're asking you to stand. And, and then you'll come down the, the two inner aisles here. And Pastor Scott and I will be here with a tray of communion. So if you would stand and, uh, and do so, we'll move to communion. But we're going to pray uh, before we uh, receive the communion. And uh, if there are word curses that have been spoken over you, we are going to pray that in the power of the Holy Spirit is that you can be released from those word curses, those strongholds that cause you to hesitate, that cause you to lose opportunities, that cause you to uh, think less of yourself than what God thinks of you. And, uh, and we just believe that uh, there is power to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit working on, in us. So if you would step to the nearest inner aisle there and come, and, and then you can circle around and, and regain your seat. Uh, as soon as we're all served, we'll uh, receive these together. Just a word of instruction is there's two sealed compartments there, and the smaller one is the one that contains the bread. So if you'll just uh, open that and retrieve the bread. Before we proceed any further with the Lord's Supper, let's pray. Let's pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us to pull down strongholds that are in our own mind, that have hurt us, that have 
offended us, that have in some way made our lives less full of joy. And then we will pray that God will help us set a watch and a guard over our mouths. That as we embrace the Word of God, as we live in the Word of God, as we read the Word of God, as it will begin to, to grow that tree of life in us, that we can speak life and not death to others. Jesus, as we pause before we receive the Lord's Supper, Lord, we're examining ourselves as you instruct us to do. Lord, there are many of us here, not all of us, Lord, that have suffered because someone spoke death over our lives, either in anger or <clears throat> not knowing it wasn't true. But Lord, we pray today that you would help us to break the power of the stronghold in us. Lord, we, uh, we just pray that we would begin to see ourselves in the way that you see us. That we are full of potential. You have gifted us to be a blessing. You have given us abilities and words to be a blessing to others. Help us, Lord, to, as well, that we ourselves are not the offenders. Lord, help us to guard our mouth, Lord, with truth. To not say or repeat things that we do not know to be true. Lord, that we would also, whatever it is that we speak, that we would speak it with kindness. And if we can't speak it with kindness, Lord, that we would refrain from speaking it. And then, Lord, you would give us the ability to judge ourselves or whether or not what we have to say should be said or should not be said. Give us wisdom and judgment there, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would continue to speak to us. And, Lord, give us checks and balances, Lord, and direction of how we should proceed. Because, Lord, as we receive this bread and this cup today, Lord, we want to do so, Lord, with pure hearts before you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. From 1 Corinthians 11, Paul instructs us, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you for this bread. Lord, we thank you for the scripture that tells us before we even knew you, you died for us. Before we even recognize you and what you've done for us, Lord, you died for our sin. And Lord, we thank you for that today. This bread is what we do in remembrance of what you've done for us. Help us, Lord. 
we endeavor to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat this bread. Praise God. And then the blood. It's represented in the cup. The blood that washes away our sin. Every one of us have offended in the very things that we've been talking about today. Every single one of us. But it is his blood that washes us clean. His blood is the agent of his grace. To make us acceptable in God's sight. Let's thank him for this today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, what this cup represents, the blood that washed away our sin. And Lord, as we continually, as long as we have this life, grow in, in, a, in spirit, grow in our understanding, grow in, Lord, sanctification, of our mouths and our bodies and our lives and our thoughts. Lord, that your grace covers us. And Lord, we thank you for the blood that made that possible. So Lord, we receive this cup today with thanksgiving in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Drink the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that this week we would carefully examine our hearts, our motives, our words. Lord, help us to speak and live in the truth. Help us, Lord, to demonstrate kindness. And Lord, help us to demonstrate, Lord, judgment in what we should and should not say. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to the house of the Lord today. Have a great week. We'll look forward to you again next Sunday. God bless you.